0: Today we're going to talk about wisdom. If you didn't pick up on it from Pastor Kelly's um, first two times on the stage, he kind of alluded to the idea that we're going to talk about wisdom, and godly wisdom specifically, and what that looks like. Uh, Who would love to just be all wise? Everybody better get your hands up. I mean, I guess maybe if you're like, no, I just love living in my simple life, that's fine too, but you can actually be all wise and live simply, I believe. Uh, but I, I, I just think wisdom is uh, sort of undervalued and misunderstood in our, um, especially godly wisdom in our culture. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like. But, but before we get into that, I just want to recap briefly where we've been the last two weeks. Uh, the first week, we introduced this idea of the divine mentor, the series that we're diving into. And let me just say this. If you missed either or both... The podcasts are now up. I think we're back to having those ready and rocking. So if you missed, you can check those out on the website. But we talked about the idea that we, that we, should, um, we, we should really understand this one thing, that the Bible is God's revealed word about himself to us. And so uh, he wants to help you understand both who he is and what he said about us through our engagement with Scripture. And we just talked about some things about how we think wrongly about engaging the Scripture and, and how God uh, isn't trying to get you to, to check box check the box of, I'm good, I read my Bible today, that's not the point of what He's doing. Rather, He, he wants you to know in a relational way about Him and the people that, um, that He has given us through story and through the, through the Scriptures to tell us, to show us, to help us understand uh, how life might be better for us. And then last week, we talked about the idea of building and protecting uh, around our root system, building a barrier around our roots, which uh, is our heart, right? The, the, the scripture that Solomon um, talks about that uh, guard your heart above all else because it will determine the way of your life. And, and, and just protecting that, that root system. And so that's where, that's where we've been the last two weeks. And today, as we dive into wisdom, I want to read you some poetry. Bet you didn't see that coming, right? That's right. We're going to read some poetry. I actually put it up on the screen for you as well. But this was actually uh, penned in 2010 by a man named Forrest Finn. So just listen to these words. Follow along on the screen. It says, I have gone alone in there... And with my treasures bold, I can keep my secret where a hint of riches new and old. Begin it where warm waters halt, and take it in the canyon down, not far, but too far to walk, put in below the home of Brown. From there, it's no place for the meek, the end is ever drawing nigh, there'll be no paddle up your creek just heavy loads of water high. If you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down your quest to cease, but tarry scant with marble gaze, just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? The answer I already know. I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So hear me all and listen good. Your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold. Now this was, like I said, written by Forrest Finn. And his name really isn't that significant. It's the reason for the the poem that I brought this up. Because it's actually a treasure map to some treasure that he buried. He's a millionaire, multi-millionaire. And he decided in his memoir that he would leave clues to some buried treasure. And he did it, he did it in the Rocky Mountains. Now, uh, it, it's actually created quite a buzz. And I was going to share a news story with you, but I'm, I'm just going to skip past that for right now for time's sake. Um, but basically what has happened is he's, he sent... Over 65,000 people, according to his count, on this wild treasure hunt. In fact, three people have died pursuing this treasure, including a pastor out of Grand Junction, Colorado, which most of you probably don't know where that is. I happen to have family not far from there. Um, But they have been on this hunt, and, and three people have actually died, which has caused... Um, has caused many people including the local law enforcement to say will you please just stop this madness and tell us where the treasure is but people are just like going crazy over it they're periscoping their journey right they're they're writing uh, updates about the journey to find this treasure and no one even knows if it's actually real but people are going crazy for it right there's gold, and, and it's a bronze chest, uh, sort of like that one, but nicer. <laughs> That's a cool treasure chest, right? But, but they're chasing it, and, and, and they're putting their life on the line. Now, I, ask, I say all of this, and I ask you the question, would you be willing to risk your life for buried treasure, for hidden treasure? And would what amount of hidden treasure, would it take? Would it be worth your life or the possibility of losing your life to pursue the the gold and silver? The 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 trinkets that he has buried, knowing full well that you're going to be worth millions if you find it. I have to admit I, I don't I don't think I would do it. I just I don't even think that amount would 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 intrigue me. But clearly given that there's over sixty five thousand people who have follow this guy's poem um, to what they don't even know to be real treasure. Clearly, there are a lot of people that value the treasure of silver and gold and valuable gems, right? We have people all over the world who are constantly mining for gold, right, or, or mining for treasure or diamonds. I mean, it's, it's crazy what people will do to pursue treasure, but what about wisdom? What would you do to pursue wisdom, to be wise. What if I were to tell you that that in the Bible, God actually shows us that wisdom is like hidden treasure, that it's actually more valuable than gold and silver. I want to read you the words of Solomon. We we read his um, wise saying about the heart and guarding it last week, but he writes this in Proverbs 2 uh, verses 1 through 8. He says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield for those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Wisdom, insight, understanding. He says, search for those things as if you were searching for. For hidden treasure, as if you were seeking after silver and gold. Now, Solomon is actually a credible, is actually a credible person to ask about this because he was uber wealthy. I mean, more than we could probably dream of, literally. You could just be like, this is what I can dream of, and Solomon's like, I had more. Okay? And so his, his expertise, not only in, in riches, but in wisdom, are, 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 are so much so that he can actually, what he would say I would listen to. But it's not just even Solomon saying, it's God using Solomon to say, listen, these are important things. Seek them. He told us to guard our hearts above all else because it would determine the course of our life. And now he's telling us to search after wisdom as if it were hidden treasure, things that I think we should listen to. Now, this week as I was preparing, I I put together a a list of a few quotes that I thought, some were kind of funny, uh, some were maybe had a hint of truth, and some were just plain outrageous. And I didn't include all of them, um, but I'll let you decide which ones you think are funny and which ones are outrageous and which ones are true. John Lennon said this, count your age by friends, not years. Count your life by smiles, not tears. I thought, well, John, that's nice, except for it doesn't work that way, right? Like, I turned 33 last week, but if I was counting by John Lennon's standards, I'd be 467, because that's how many Facebook friends I have. <laughs> <coughs> Just doesn't work that way. I'm glad I'm not 467. <clears throat> Some of you are like, 467? Get on our level. Jeez. <clears throat> J.R.R. Tolkien said, never laugh at live dragons. That's a good piece of advice. <laughs> Don't you think? There was a live dragon. Probably not good to laugh at them. Chad Sugg, he's an author, he said, If you are reading this, congratulations, you're alive. If that's not something to smile about, then I don't know what is. Einstein said, Any fool can know. The point is to understand. Socrates said, The unexamined life is not worth living. In the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr., he says, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. And then Confucius, this is the the last one I'm going to share with you. He says, by three methods we may learn wisdom. First, by reflection, which is the noblest. Second, by imitation, which is the easiest, and third, by experience, which is the bitterest. And you'll see that I, I, I find that um, Confucius was, was pretty wise in understanding what he was saying there. Later on in, in, in Proverbs, Solomon is talking as if he were wisdom's voice. So he, he's, he's saying it as if he were wisdom. And so I want to read you this scripture to kind of understand what... Um, What it looks like. And it's from Proverbs 8. It's verse 12 through 21. He says, I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. Don't worry. They're married. It's okay. Don't get too crazy, all right? (laughs) Thank you, Angie. You're so awesome. That was the best. I know where to discover. Man, I didn't think that that was going to be the reaction. That That was good. All right. Thank you, Bible. Um, I know where discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help, and nobles make righteous judgments. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I have riches and honor, as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wages better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness, in paths of justice, those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasuries. Like a pretty incredible description, right? Like Solomon, as, as this is coming out, I'm like, man, this, this is incredible. And I know that it's no accident that God would compare wisdom and treasure because he understands the nature of our hearts, the natures of our soul to want stuff, Right? To be more wealthy. And so he says, listen, that's fine. But here's the thing that's going to bring you real treasure. And it's wisdom. There is unsurmountable value in the search for, and more importantly, the acquisition of godly wisdom. So I want to talk about what it looks like to get there. Um, But we got to address just quickly just two hurdles that kind of stand in the way between us and being wise, right? Us and being wise. And the first one is this. True wisdom is not inherent. We acquire it. We're going to talk about that in just a second. And then the second thing is pursuing wisdom comes at a cost. So how do we become wise? How do we acquire wisdom? Truth is, we're, we're born with a lot of amazing skills. Like if you are a parent, uh, you understand that babies are incredible from day one. Um, I heard someone say babies are made to bounce, which I was like, ah, I wouldn't test that theory. But the resiliency of a tiny little version of us is really, really incredible, right? Um, It's pretty amazing all the things that we're given from birth. But wisdom is not one of them, right? That is certainly one thing we are not born with. In fact, most of this adventure that we call life is is really just uh, indirectly or directly about becoming more wise than we were the day before examples of or proofs of that would be schools hospitals banks jails they're all evidence that we're not born all wise and all knowing right that they they are the things that kind of society has placed in the way of us being complete morons, which some of us still arrive there. So it is what it is. Pastor Wayne says this about us lacking wisdom. If you're following along in the book, it's on page 28 in chapter 2. But he says this, our shortage of wisdom keeps us seeking him, him being God. It keeps us humble, malleable, correctable, changeable, and transformable. So that with each new day, we might increasingly reflect his image. This step-by-step maturing process is what we usually call a relationship with Jesus. I thought that was pretty wise from a man who has lived many years. So there's two primary instructors in this thing we call life. If you want to learn, if you want to become more wise, there are two primary instructors. Teachers, And these are actually, if you're taking notes, um, these are the first two blanks. You can just jot them down real quick about the notes. There's not a lot of fill-ins there, but it does have some scripture that uh, we're going to be reading today that would be useful for you to just take home and mull over. So if you're a note taker, great. If you're not, no big deal. Still take the paper home and and, uh, read and, and kind of think about, meditate on the scripture. But the two primary instructors are this. Wisdom and consequences. We are going to learn from either wisdom or from consequences. It's a long word. I'll give you a sec to fill it out. Wisdom is observing the results of decision made by someone else. Consequences are the product of a decision made. Wisdom teaches us on the front end, allowing us to avoid worst case scenario Consequences teach us the lesson on the back end, sometimes literally. If you're a kid, you can probably relate to that. <laughs> Our household spanked. My mom is not ashamed of that. She Don't get mad at her. I'm good for it. I'm better off. Wisdom will leave us amazed and thankful for what we have learned. Consequences will often leave us with more to fix than we ever intended to fix. Proverbs 22.3 says this, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. The truth is, both of the, the teachers' wisdom and consequences definitely get the job done. Right? You will learn either way. Almost surely learn either way. The difference is, the door, the, 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 the outcomes behind door number one, wisdom, look so much better, right, than, than what's behind door number two. And so, so choosing how we learn these things, how we become wise, is actually going to make a significant difference in how your life goes. One of the things I have observed in almost every person I have come in contact with is that the longer they live, the wiser they are. Call it life experience or street smarts or or just pure aging, it's this observable trend the more I spend with people, the more time I spend with people. Because life kind of has this funny way of putting us in like a learning headlock, right? Like over here, wisdom is like laughing and and consequences is like giving us a noogie right here and like, like either way, like we're going to learn. You're you're going to be wiser tomorrow uh, than you were today. Because of what you learn, the question is, is, how do you arrive there? Do you choose to, to go uh, the way of wisdom, or are you going to learn purely from consequences? Of course, the greater is wisdom, but getting to wisdom is going to, is going to cost you something. It will cause you some pain, and it will certainly um, cost you something um, but it will lead to what we've already established is the hidden treasure. It will lead to wisdom. It's simply, uh, simply put, uh, which one you follow, which price you want to pay, um, which path you're going to take. And we'll talk about what these two paths look like here in just a second. To arrive at wisdom is, is really up to us, right? Consequences aren't really up to us. Wisdom isn't really something that is up to us. It's something that we're going to come. But how we arrive at either one of those things. Now that is something that is up to us. And this is the second set of fill-ins. So they're like two treasure maps. If wisdom is indeed a hidden treasure. Then the two treasure maps. Or the two different ways that you can arrive at them. Are either discipline or regret. Discipline. Or regret. One way or another, you will arrive at wisdom. Now, Paul is talking to the church in Corinth in Second Corinthians, uh, which followed First Corinthians, his first letter to the church in Corinth. And what happened was is some of the stuff that he said to them really offended them. Because he wasn't, you know, he didn't hide behind niceties, right? He just told them, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do differently. This is what you're doing well. This is what you need to fix. Here's where you're wrong. And so, of course, they have this uh, response. And so then he writes to them again in 2 Corinthians in, in chapter 7. Uh, this is what he says about both uh, consec- or both. Discipline and regret. He says, I know I have distressed you greatly with my letter. Referring to the first letter. Although I felt awful at the time, I don't feel at all bad now that I see how it turned out. The letter upset you, but only for a while. Now I'm glad. Not that you were upset, although he probably chuckled at that, but that you were jarred into turning things around. You let the distress bring you to God, not drive you from Him. The result was all gain, no loss. Distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around. It gets us back in the way of salvation. We never regret that kind of pain. But those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets and end up on a deathbed regrets. See, here's the thing. Discipline or regret. Regret will force you into making a better decision. But it comes at such a painful price. Like the idea of that heavy, sorrowful, um, you will be wiser, but the price is heavy. But God, thankfully, in his grace and mercy, gave us a better route. He gave us discipline. Of course, that word strikes fear into every single person here, right? We all understand that that discipline is hard because it comes with its own set of costs and pain. Remember what we said earlier, um, pursuing wisdom will cost you something. It will. But the question is, is it going to cost you a set of regrets or is it going to cost you a set of disciplines that you're going to work into your life so that you can pursue wisdom. I've never heard anybody say, and you can probably agree with me with this, I wish I was less disciplined so that the things I want in life are more painful and further out of reach. <laughs> no one's ever said that, right? No one's ever like desired that. It's just sort of the natural thing that happens. We lack discipline, therefore we, we gain regret. But if we choose discipline, it will, and the right disciplines, it will lead us to not only wisdom, but godly wisdom. And godly wisdom is the purest, best form of wisdom. In James 3, um, this, this scripture will be on your printout as well. I want you to focus on this scripture this week. I want you to think about this as you, as you pray or as you consume the scripture, whatever your disciplines are, I want you to think about this. In chapter three, he says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly, je- bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth. With boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But, thank goodness for the but, the wisdom from above is first of all pure, it's peace loving. Gentle at all times, it's willing to yield to others, it's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds, it shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Doesn't that kind of wisdom sound good? Doesn't it sound like something you want not only for yourself, but for everybody else, right? If we could all somehow garner this type of wisdom that led to these types of qualities, it would be worthwhile. And the evidence suggests that the reason we're not is because we're actually doing the opposite. We're not pursuing godly wisdom. And that's, that's just what, it's, that's what it means to be a human, right? That's why it takes choosing discipline over than letting the regrets weigh you down right it's okay that you're not all wise that's god's intended design i love pastor wayne's quote from earlier the reason why we're not all wise is because it keeps us teachable and malleable and changeable can you imagine just every person you met was just who they were going to be forever oh be so obnoxious right like listening to Charles Barkley talk all day to every person that you met I like Charles he's funny but my goodness right he just knows everything I'm sure you've all met the person who knows everything all of the time I have to admit I've probably been guilty of appearing to be that way even when I am not because I clearly know better but I want this type of wisdom for everybody the question is for you today are you going to choose discipline over regret? That's really the thing that you have to, to, to ingest and internalize and, and, and decide for yourself. Right? This, this series to this point um, has not been about read your Bible and pray and do these things and you will be a better person. All right. Now the consequences of those things or the result of those things I do believe will make your life better. But that's not what we're, what we're doing here. We're, we're trying to create an understanding of why God wants to have a relationship with you. And if you're in a relationship with somebody but you never interact with them, are you really in a relationship? Are you really in a relationship? No. You have to have the discipline to sit down with your spouse or your kids or your friends and say, hey, what's going on in your life? If you never did that, would you actually have a relationship with them? Of course not. Right but but the thing is is we've we as a as a culture have decided that we are most important to us but we know better we know better and we should know better with God God is about God we should be about God so either regret and consequences or discipline leading to wisdom it's going to get you there you will be wiser tomorrow the question is How are you going to get there? What is it going to cost you? And how much is it going to hurt? That's really what we're talking about today. As we close, our focus at Center Church has always been about helping people know Jesus. That's what we're about here at Center Church. We want to help people know Jesus in everything that we do, and every way that we go about it. Because, one... We know that the salvation Jesus brings to anybody who wants it's the best gift that somebody could ever receive, undoubtedly. But we also know it's because, and we have experienced it in our own lives, that Jesus wants to do new and better things in your life and through your life. He really does. He really wants to do new and better things in and through your life. He wants to give you more than gold and silver. He wants to give you the godly wisdom that leads to this set of, or a set of traits that sound so wonderful and beautiful. But if you're not willing, if you're not disciplined enough to pursue them, then how is he going to do that? Right? So that looks different for everybody. That looks different for, for every single person in this room. There's no one set strategy. But I do know this. Uh, Discipline or regret. Wisdom or consequences. Learning from wise people like characters in the Bible, stories in the scriptures, people that you're sitting next to. Right? If they have some gray hair, they're probably wiser than you. If they have more gray hair, they're probably wiser. And if they don't have any but they look like they should, it's because they color their hair. Okay? (laughs) So find them. Young people, find them. We, we learn from people all the time. The question is, is, are we willing to pursue it in a way that changes our life? Each and every week, we're, we're going to close. I'm just going to pray in just a second. Uh, each and every week, we've asked you to consider these two questions. I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to every week. I'm sure Pastor Kelly will as well. Um, as, we, as we go through this series is when you get up or when you're in the car or when you have a moment to think to yourself, you ask yourself these two questions. What is God saying to me, and what am I going to do about it? That will change the way you consider your day. It will change the way that he interacts with you, the way that you interact with him. And it's part of a set of disciplines that I've seen God work through in my life. There's other ones, no doubt. Maybe you ask different questions, but at least you're doing something, right? Okay, why don't you do me a favor and stand up. I'm going to pray for you here in just a second. Um, Quick reminder, um, just in case you didn't catch all of it or or you have since forgot, we really want you to sign up for a community group. Uh, Some people are going to be in the balcony to help you make that happen here right after service. If you're not ready to commit this week, um, definitely you have next week as well, and we'll be in contact with you there. But I would encourage you, uh, as one of your disciplines, is to be in Christian community. Right? We, we have seen as a church, we have seen that play out um, well time and time again. And it's for the benefit of the people involved, right? It's not because we have some number that we have to report or anything like that. That's not it at all. We want you to benefit from being in relationship with each other. And I know that you will. That's one of the wisdoms God has set in front of me. So make sure you do that. Um, if you... If you need to update your address, you can take that card and fill it out, drop it in the back. If you came prepared to give, you can drop that in the back as well. Um, we're just so glad you're here. We hope that you'll come back next week. Let me pray for you, God. Thanks again for today. And God, I, I, I do thank you that you have set in front of us this unending amount of wisdom. This godly wisdom that you have said will lead to these beautiful things, God, these things that will, that will make a life so much better. Because we know that you do want to do new and better things in and through our life. So God, I pray that the, the way that we engage you, the relationship that we have. Uh, with you, God, would be pursued through understanding you and your word, through prayer and communicating with you, through relationship with each other, lifting each other up when we need it, um, helping each other when we need it, God. We, we, we know that these things are real. I just pray that you would give us the strength or the wherewithal or whatever it takes to help us do that. Let us be learners of wisdom Let us be learners through discipline, not from consequences and regret, God. And God, I pray that those consequences and those regrets that we do already have, that you would help us reconcile those. Just as you reconciled our soul back to yourself through Jesus, you have said you are a new creation. And God, I pray that that would ring true in each and every person's life every single day, every single minute of every single day, God. That they would know, that we would understand our value in your eyes more than we've ever understood it before. We thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.